for reading so beautifully from the Bible this morning. Yes, so we're in John chapter 8, continuing our series in John's Gospel, and we're looking from verse 48 uh, to the end of the chapter. So I think you might have a Bible in front of you. If you want to follow along, that's fine, uh, but the words have been on the screen as well. I'm going to focus today on particularly verse 58, where Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Before Abraham was born, I am. Before we do that, I'm just going to say a short prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word to us this morning. Just as Debbie's already prayed, may you breathe life into this sermon. May you breathe life into your word this morning to us, that we might know the glories and wonders of your son, Jesus, and have our hearts transformed in his name. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Before Abraham was born, I am. I just have a picture um, of a tree that's about to come up on the screen, hopefully. There we go. Um, it is a famous tree, if you can have such a thing as a famous tree. Anyone know what this tree is or what it's called or where it is? Okay, it's in Scotland, and it's a yew tree in a town called Fortingale. Fortingale? Excuse me if you're Scottish and I've massacred that name, but Fortingale, a yew tree in Perthshire, Scotland. Right, it's famous because it's the oldest tree in the UK. The oldest tree in the UK. Anyone want to have a guess how old that tree is? I'll give you a clue, it's older than 50 years old. Anyone have a guess? 500 years old? 1,500 years old? Good guesses. In fact, they think it's somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 years old. Isn't that awesome? That's really old. Um, and legend has it, right? Legend has it, and I, I know this is legend. I'm pretty sure it's not fact, but I like legends. Legend has it that Pontius Pilate was born under its shade and played there as a young child. I'm not sure that's a great claim to fame that Pontius Pilate was born there. I didn't know he was Scottish, who knows. But that could be true in a sense that the tree was around even before Pontius Pilate. Isn't that fascinating? Imagine what that tree has seen in its life. Did you notice that there was, a, there was a wall around it, there was a church next to it? At some point, that tree witnessed some Christians coming along, bringing the gospel to some unruly Scottish people. <laughs> they might not have been unruly, they might have been really civilized and wonderful, but you know what I mean. Some Christians came along and uh, brought the gospel and they built a church. That tree would have witnessed that. That tree might have witnessed the Romans marching into Scotland to try and conquer it and then getting marched back out again as they got pushed out. That tree would have seen all sorts of things in its lifetime. In fact, if you, have you ever watched like a BBC documentary, a nature programme, where they set up a camera for ages and ages looking at one scene, and then they play it on fast forward so you can see all the things that happen around, you know, I think they call it a time-lapse video. Imagine you had a, a camera outside that tree for 2,000, 3,000 years, 
and you put it on fast forward, all the things that that tree just stood still like that would have seen going on around it. Incredible. Yet this Bible passage that we have just heard read, Jesus makes a claim in it that makes the life of that tree look fleeting. That even the two or three thousand years that that tree has been around is nothing compared to how long Jesus has been around. Now that kind of claim that Jesus makes in this passage, we might not be that surprised that those who hear it are a little bit taken aback. Might think he's a little bit crazy or got a few screws loose. And why even they accuse Jesus of blasphemy? Because honestly, he's claiming in this passage to be the eternal living God of the scriptures, the eternal living God of the Jewish people. You can see why perhaps they are outraged. Jesus says in verse 57, well, no, sorry, that they, they say to Jesus, Jesus, you're not yet 50 years old. And you, have, you claim to have seen Abraham. Now, Abraham lived about 2,000 years BC. Maybe even around the time that that tree was planted, who knows, about that sort of time. 2,000 years BC. 2,000 years before Jesus was actually born of Mary, Jesus is also claiming to say 2,000 years before that moment that they are talking in this conversation, Jesus met and spoke with Abraham. Now, I don't know about you, if you bumped into someone on the street or someone that came into church and said that they could remember 2,000 years ago what they were up to, you would think that there's a few problems going on. You might recommend that they go and see a doctor, possibly. And yet for Jesus... Somehow people thought that's actually a credible thing that Jesus has said. Some dismissed him as blasphemy, but others said, you know what, I've seen of Jesus so far, do you know what, I think he might be telling the truth. Isn't that incredible? What kind of life Jesus must have led, and what we've already seen him do in John's Gospel, led many to go, do you know what, I believe you. But of course, some thought he was not only crazy, but um, sinful. In fact, the, uh, the Jewish leaders said to him, verse 48, aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and demon-possessed? So some think because of what Jesus is claiming, they think not only is he mad, but he's actually evil because he's claiming things he shouldn't. Okay. Jesus says, verse 58, very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. Now, Abraham is kind of the father of the Jewish nation, the father of the Jewish people. And, and if you're anyone in religious circles in those days, of course you would believe, yes, I'm in the same faith as that of Abraham, the far, forefather of our faith. And Jesus is saying, well, if you truly were like Abraham, you would delight in seeing my day, because Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Look at verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. 
He saw it and was glad. Now, Jesus makes a reference here to quite an interesting sentence he uses in verse 58, because he says, Very truly I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Now, you might expect he's grammatically got things a bit wrong here, Jesus, because you would probably say, before Abraham was born, I was. Yeah? When you, that's how we would normally say that. But Jesus puts it deliberately, and he says, before Abraham was born, Jesus says, I am. And alarm bells would have been going off in all his hearers when he said that, I am. Why? Because I am is the name given to the Lord God in the Old Testament. I am. Have you ever heard the name Yahweh or Jehovah? That is the Hebrew translation of the name that God gives himself in the Old Testament of I am. So when Jesus says, before Abraham was born, I am, it's no wonder that they pick up stones to stone him for blasphemy because he's claiming to be the God of the Old Testament, the Lord God of Israel. You'll remember back to the famous story of Moses and the burning bush, the time when Moses, he's, he's fled Egypt because he killed, a, killed an Egyptian and he spent 40 years as a shepherd in the wilderness and one day when he's tending his sheep, he notices on a mountainside that there's a bush that's burning on fire, but it's not being burnt up. So he finds that curious. He wanders over and he meets in that burning bush, Yahweh. He meets the Lord God. And in that conversation, the Lord God tells Moses to go back to Egypt and sort out Pharaoh and rescue the people. But he says in that conversation with Moses, he says, Moses says, what's your name? And he simply says, the Lord God simply says, I am who I am. I am. In other words, this God just is. He just is. He always was. He is today. And he always will be the same. He is the Lord. He is Yahweh. He is the great I am. And Jesus is saying, that's me. That's me. So Jesus is suggesting not just to be merely very, very old. You know, he's older than 50. He's older than 100. He's older than 2,000 years. He's, he's met Abraham, but he goes way before that, way back. He is eternal. He has always been and he always be. Hence, that's why he uses the present tense, I am. If you could time lapse, right? Imagine you could put that camera. Do you remember that camera we were talking about? Um, maybe like somewhere out in space, filming the whole universe. <laughs> this one camera fixed in space and you could put that on time lapse, yeah? And you see planets revolving around. You see stars coming and going. You see galaxies spinning and all of that stuff. Even then, beyond all that, and then it gets, all gets sucked back up into the Big Bang or whatever it is, still Jesus would be rock solid at the center of all the universe, even before the universe began. That's what he's saying, Jesus. I am. I am. In the Old Testament, 
uh, when the people of God, Moses finally led the people of God out of Egypt and he brought them to Mount Sinai. Do you remember Mount Sinai? And uh, the people of God, they get a little bit scared at this point. And there's for good reason, because do you remember on the top of the mountain, when God the Father descends on top of the mountain, there's thunder and lightning. Now, was anyone awake last night at about, what time was it? I don't want to be confessing to be up far too late. Uh, 9.30, something like that. Uh, 10, 10.30, 11, there was a great thunderstorm, wasn't there? And do you know what? At that point, I was like, thank you, God, I'm wrapped up in my blanket, safe in here. I don't want to be out there. Even as a, as a grown adult, I still get a little bit like, ooh, there's something, what's the word I'm looking for? Like primeval about it, isn't there? Primordial. There's something powerful and scary and um, majestic about a thunderstorm. And you can all be wrapped up and kids are in bed with you and all safe. It was a bit like that at Mount Sinai when the people of God eventually got to Mount Sinai. They were like, Moses was like, do you want to go up and meet God? And they were all like, ooh, um, Moses, could you go first? See how it goes. Because even the mountain was shaking. And then Moses does go up to the top and he has an encounter with God the Father. And Moses says, can I see your glory? And God the Father says, I will cause all my glory to pass in front of you, but you cannot see my face and live. You cannot see my face and live. And Moses is like, fair enough. But God the Father in that point, he also says, but don't worry. Moses says, well, don't leave us alone down there. If you won't go with us, what are we going to do? But the Lord reminds them that, no, I will send another with you who bears my name, Yahweh. And he will go with you and journey with you in the desert. He will be your rock. He will be your redeemer. He will be with you. So you get this sense in the Old Testament that yes, you've got God the Father who's unapproachable in that thunder and lightning. And yet all the time in the Old Testament, you get Yahweh meeting with his people, traveling with them, encountering his friends and his believers and his people. And Jesus is claiming to be him. I am Yahweh who went with you. I am the one that accompanies you in the desert. I am the one who met Abraham. See, now Jesus says, verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. There's two tenses there. There's future, isn't there? Abraham rejoiced at the thought of one day seeing my day. So Abraham, when he was uh, um, journeying around in the promised land, etc., it says that he looked forward, the Bible says he did look forward to the day Christ would come. He looked forward to the promises of God. He looked forward to the, do you remember the story when Abraham goes up um, Mount Moriah to sacrifice his son Isaac? It's quite a scary story, that one, isn't it? Uh, and right at the last minute, God stays his hand and says, don't do it because I will provide a sacrifice on this mountain. One day, on Mount Moriah, where Jerusalem would one day be built, on that very spot Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, God says, don't, because I will provide the lamb, the ram, the sacrifice. And it wouldn't be for another 2,000 years. But Abraham believed that promise. So he looked forward to seeing the day of Jesus. 
But Jesus also says in that very same sentence that he did see it and was glad. So Abraham both looked forward to Jesus, but he also encountered Christ in the Old Testament too. A good example, why don't we flick to it, is Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. It's a famous story. It's just before the Sodom and Gomorrah story where God is going to bring judgment on two uh, 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 cities that have gone, uh, that are wicked. Uh, But Genesis 18, first of all, he comes to meet Abraham where he's camping. Abraham was well into camping, by the way, just to put it out there. We've talked about that before. Well into camping. And that was because he also looked forward to the promises of God. He looked forward to the city of God that has foundations, Hebrews 11 says. So he lived in tents to show that. This isn't my permanent dwelling. Looking forward to the new creation and the city of God, all of that stuff. Camping. So he's camping. Verse 1. Genesis 18, verse 1. The Lord, that word Lord there is Yahweh, I am. The I am appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre. Maybe it's like that tree, that yew tree. It's been around for thousands of years under the shade of that tree. Um, While he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. One of them's Yahweh and two of them turn out to be angels. So it's Yahweh with two angels. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Okay, so he scurries up. He's very excited, Abraham, and who wouldn't be? And he goes and puts, he goes and puts the lamb on roast, and he goes and makes some bread, and then he worships them, and he gives them the food, and they have a wonderful time. Now, Jesus is saying, in effect, that was me. That was me who sat down with Abraham, had lunch. He loved it when I came around his house for a cuppa, He got the best chinaware out, and he was delighted. Jesus is making that claim. And all the Jewish people at the time, it would have stung really badly because they're not welcoming Jesus around for a cup of tea. They are not getting out the fine chinaware. They are not bowing down to Jesus and worshipping like Abraham did. And so rather than accept the truth, rather than accept the rebuke of Jesus, they think, actually, no, we need to kill him. We need to get rid of him. Amazing, isn't it? Abraham rejoiced and was glad at being in the company of Christ. And yet so many don't, even that claim to be followers of God. The incredible truth is not that just Abraham knew Christ back then or looked forward to his coming, but the wonderful truth of Scripture is that Abraham still knows Jesus. Still does today. Because remember, the Jews are saying, Abraham's gone, he's dead, he's gone. And it's like, Jesus is like, no. Do you remember in Matthew um, chapter 22, I think it is, Jesus says these words. Um, He says, about the resurrection of the dead, Jesus says this, about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. 
He is not the God of the dead, but God of the living. Isn't that wonderful? God is not just a, a God of some ancient people that lived a long time ago. He's still their God today. Abraham still lives. And Jesus makes that wonderful point there that makes them furious. Verse 51. Verse 51. Very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. Never see death. But of course Abraham did die. But in a true sense, he never died. He is still alive with Jesus. He knew Jesus 3,000 years ago, outside his tent. He looked forward to the salvation that God would bring through Jesus when Christ would be born of the Virgin Mary. And he still knows Jesus today. That's the application of that for us all today, isn't it? Why does all this matter? Why does all this theology matter? What's the point of it all? Well, it's just like Isaiah says. He says, the grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are like grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. We come and go. Remember that time-lapse camera? And you put it on fast forward. We come and go really quickly in the space of the history of the world. We're like the grass, one day here, one day gone. The wind blows over it, probably won't remember us. But Christ remains. He is always there. He is the rock of Israel that doesn't weather or erode or disappear. He is the center of the universe. And he was before all worlds and will be forever, the great I am. And so if you know him, if you are friends with him, if you are connected into his life, if he has a hold of you, you can never be lost, even though we're like the grass that withers in the field, here one day and gone the next. It should bring us tremendous reassurance, tremendous hope, to know that Jesus is the great I am. That even with these dark times that we live in, Jesus just calls them fleeting. In this short time of darkness, it will pass and the sun will shine again. I know for all of us, when we're in it, it feels like forever, doesn't it? Oh man, man, the world is going downhill. Oh man, it's never gonna get better. But Jesus is the great I am. The cloud will pass, the mist will evaporate, and Jesus will remain. That is awesome news for all of us. It helps us deal with change as well, doesn't it? Jesus says, in he uh, the writer of Hebrews says about Jesus, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchangeable. He is the same. But we live in a changing world. And we don't want things to change. You like me that just hates it when anything changes. We were in the supermarket the other day and they didn't have our usual cereal in there. So we bought a different kind of cereal and it was madness in my house. 
There was fury about it. What's this cereal? I don't, what my usual cereal? We don't like change. We don't like change. That's a silly example. Because we get older, families change, jobs change, health changes, where you live changes, church changes. We don't like it. But it's okay. It's all right, everyone. Jesus does not change. He will not change. He will forever be the one who loves you. He will forever be the one who is there for you. He will be forever the one who wants to help you. He'll be forever the one that you can stand on and not be shaken. He is the rock of Israel. He is Yahweh. He is the great and unchangeable I am. So today, let us not be like those who were around Jesus in that day that tried to get rid of him. Let's be those who welcome Jesus like Abraham did. We're going to come to communion in a few moments. And this is our tent, isn't it? Jesus is here. We're excited to get the meal ready. We're excited to be with Jesus. Rejoice and be glad in that day. Let's pray.